Hello and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction. This week, I am pleased to have with me Jesse Weisberg. Jesse is the co-founder at Build, has a lot of experience uh, with financing and startups, and uh, has a lot of knowledge on the construction and green building space. So, Jesse, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me, and thank thank you, everyone, for uh, listening in. Well, let's uh, start off for people who maybe aren't familiar with you. Maybe you could jump in and do a quick intro. Yeah. So as you alluded to, um, I'm the chief commercial officer and and co-founder of of Build, um, started Build a few years ago back in 2018. And really, I'm responsible for all revenue generating activities, uh, Build Managing, our contractor network, our building material supplier network, and and so on. Um, So that's, that's my primary focus. Cool. And uh, obviously, I think you've been involved in a few different uh, kind of startups and entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, Has this always been something of interest to you, kind of being in business, starting companies, or how did you kind of get started in that when you were younger? Yeah. So um, it really dated back, I would say, to college. And I attended University of Delaware. I was a finance major. And I I always, I mean, I like finance. It, it, It came naturally to me. I understood numbers, but I really like problem solving. I really liked understanding what were some of the challenges that businesses faced and how they went about tackling them and understanding how a business scales. So um, after college, I actually moved out to San Francisco and, and uh, you know, just wanted to change the scenery. I grew up on the East Coast back in Annapolis, went to University of Delaware, and I thought that would be a great opportunity to expose myself to, you know, a lot of different cultures and, you know, a situation where I just quite frankly didn't really know that many people. So while in San Francisco, I really wanted to first get a solid foundation of, of business. And I joined um, Bank of America. It wasn't my, my very first role, um, but I joined Bank of America in the commercial banking department because it gave me an opportunity to work with about 100 different companies. And I could understand what were their challenges related to growing? How did they manage their cash flow? What kind of different um, debt options did they have? To, to help them grow their business. And I got exposed to a lot of different types of businesses. And, and I had a focus in the in the green sector. So in the solar sector, and obviously San, San Francisco being a hub, um, that was fantastic. And this was back, gosh, this was the, right during the financial crisis. So this was 2008 to, to um, you know, or yeah, 2008 to 2013 timeframe. So that in and of itself was a Super interesting time to be involved in in banking, but kind of weathered that storm. Got you know, got my feet underneath me. Got a solid foundation for business, and and then that's really when I decided, okay, I'm ready to make the jump over to the to the startup world. So, um, really, my first startup was a, a small mobile analytics mobile analytics startup to be able to leverage location services, which can be leveraged for. You know, advertising, more personalization, and in apps like on your iPhone or, or Droid. Um, that was that was in the advertising realm, and I, that really didn't motivate me. I, I really wanted to solve more complex problems, so that's when I joined uh, Dividend Finance. And Dividend Finance is a residential sort of finance company. I was one of the first ten employees over there. The company, co- coincidentally, was based out of uh, San Francisco, and I was in Baltimore at the time. 
And I really helped build out the uh, customer acquisition strategy at, at Dividend. And that was a phenomenal experience. This was a, around 2015 when solar was really taking off. And uh, it became really pretty economical in a lot of states. Whereas in the past, because of the high cost of the equipment, it just didn't make sense. But with the incentives, the equipment costs coming down, uh, it became pre- you know fairly economical in, in at least probably about a dozen or, or so states. After dividend, uh, that's when I um, you know met my co-founder Chris. We both worked at Dividend together, and then we eventually left Dividend and, and started Build. And here I am today. Awesome. And so when you're looking at that uh, time period, uh, what was the problem that you saw in the marketplace? Because reading a little bit about your company and learning a little bit more about it, um, I can see that you guys are really kind of customer focused with with the issue you're trying to solve. Um, And I think most good entrepreneurs and good startup companies look to solve a problem rather than create something and then find people who want that thing. Um, What was the problem that you saw in the marketplace that caused you guys to start build? Yeah. So Chris and I have um, different backgrounds leading up to dividend. He was uh, more in your classic construction background and I was more of the classic financing background. So we had a little bit different perspectives, but we both were dealing with the problem. So when I was at Bank of America, you know, the, the most traditional banks, when they're looking at the risk of a of you know a business, they're going to look at the historical cash flow of that business. And you know, contractors are notoriously getting paid in excess of 90 days from after they've completed the work. So banks heavily discount the future, you know, uh, projections and cash flow and so forth of of contractors, and as a result, unless you're really a tier one contractor, call it you know twenty million annual revenue, you know plus, it's very difficult to get financing with the traditional bank. So I saw firsthand, and we would have a relationship with contractors at at bank at the Bank of America, and uh, we just wouldn't be comfortable extending them credit, although we would help them on their their deposit needs. So this was kind of in the back of my mind, you know, early on in my career. And then once we got to, to dividend, we noticed that, and th- granted, this was in the residential space, but the residential solar contractors were really leveraging a dividend for their short-term uh, working capital needs. And it became very obvious that there was a massive opportunity to help these contractors specifically with their, their material costs, which... As you know, you know that's probably about a third of the overall project, another third for for labor. You know, roughly speaking, depending on the trade. So, if we could help them initially, and I, I, maybe we'll get into this later, but initially, if we can help them on the material side, that's a big piece of of, of the problem that that these contractors face, and that's really how the idea came came about. Okay, and so maybe dive a little bit deeper into um, how build works. So, if you're a contractor, like what size of contractors do you work with, and and how does that uh, process kind of begin? Yeah, so generally speaking, if you're a contractor who, who's looking to grow, um, you know, you can either grow from cash flow, or you can grow by taking on uh, debt or or equity, and um, you might be able to access one of those. You might be able to access multiple, right? So if you cash in the business, you could use that cash to acquire materials, but that's cash you could also be investing in 
you know, equipment or marketing or other areas of the business. So, um, you know, that's where that's where build can uh, can come into play. So as long as a contractor is looking to grow, we're a great option. Uh, you know, generally speaking, I would say contractors in that two to 20 million annual revenue range, that, that's really the sweet spot because they have trouble getting access to, to debt financing with your traditional banks. From a process perspective, we really, um, you know, before we started build, we took a look at the construction industry. And I know a lot of industries pride themselves on this, but let's, let's be frank here. It's relationship-based, right? Subs having the relationship with the supplier, subs having the relationships with the GC. It's very important that those relationships are um, up, upheld to the highest degree. So we knew at the onset, our process could not disrupt how a, a sub worked with their supplier or with the GC. So it's it's pretty simple, actually. A sub will negotiate a purchase from their from their you know supplier of choice within the United States. And once they have you know the materials, the cost, the date they want to, the date they need the materials um, finalized, they then uh, submit their project contract to build along with the finalized material quote. They tell us the date they want us to pay their supplier. We're reviewing the details of the project and um, the quote same day. I mean, we're funding within a matter of hours and releasing payment to their supplier. And that starts the clock on a 120-day term with uh, with build for, for that purchase. And the one thing I do want to clarify, and what's different about how we're approaching this problem versus maybe you know the traditional banking is we're project-based. We're entirely project-based. So we're gonna we're gonna underwrite the project, and underwriting sounds like a big scary word, but again, we're doing this within a matter of hours. We're pulling in information from a number of third-party data provider providers, so we can make that decision extremely quick and move at the speed our our customers need us to. Okay, and one question I often hear asked uh, by people, by listeners, and by people that I interact with on a regular basis, is uh, valuation of projects and how that relates with kind of these higher performance builds. Um, I've got a lot of contractors that I've heard that have trouble getting either a bank or whatever other institution they're using to access finances um, to, uh, you know, evaluate the house based on the performance that it's going to be doing, the long-term cost savings that that brings to the owners. Um, and so basically, they're, you know, trying to build to a higher standard, these green buildings, but they can't because the financing is designed around a, you know, straight up code building. How do you guys... Uh, take or do you guys take the performance of the building into evaluation at all or does that help with uh kind of when you're looking at uh, those cost analysis we look at the impact so we're going to look at the 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 raw value of the land prior to um the project kicking off or or if it's a you know an enhancement to the property um you know we'll we'll look at the amount of work being performed relative to the current value and you know we'll estimate what that post value uh, w- will look like um, because we're not necessarily even though our background is in in renewable energy, although um, so although you know our background is in renewable em- renewable energy, we're not necessarily looking at the improved cash flow as a result of you know installing EE um, you know or solar or, or or whatever it might be. But we're generally, we're looking at, okay, who's the general contractor? Who's the property owner? 
What's the current value of the land? What's the amount of work that's being performed? And is all of this kind of in line and are the players involved in the project quality players? And we will, you know, kind of dive in a little bit to see what the bank financing looks like. But we're strictly focused on uh, financing commercial uh, construction projects or materials for commercial construction project. So we can piggyback off a lot of the underwriting that has already been performed and the data that's available, uh, which is why we don't dive as deep into, let's say, if we were going to provide the total project financing, um, you know, a lot more underwriting would go into those efforts than, than how we approach it. Okay. And with the material financing, um, so it sounds like the terms is a big uh, kind of selling feature. What other differences would a contractor kind of experience working with you guys versus working with a traditional financial institution? Yeah. I mean, one is just, one is just understanding construction. Your traditional banks, they don't, they don't understand how the flow of payments work and they're really looking at the historical cash flow of the business, they're not looking into the future. So we understand a $4 million revenue contractor, you know, roughly they're going to need 30%, 1.2 million in materials over the course of the year, maybe 1.5 million. And they might have a project that is a $600,000 project, right? They might have one large project and then a number of smaller projects we can throttle up and throttle down how much we'll approve the contractor for based on the fact that it's project specific. And that's really what is different and how we're approaching risk, how we're approaching our customer needs. It's not just a blanket, hey, here, here's what you're approved for and whenever you want to use it, you can use it. We'll throttle up and down depending on the seasonality, the type of project, the size of the project. So because we really understand construction, we've designed our whole product around supporting, uh, really just supporting construction. So that really is first and foremost, the number one di- differentiator. You mentioned the term, on average, it takes a contractor 84 days to get paid for, for their work. You know, we, we have a 120 day term to make sure we bridge that, that gap. They can have mul- multiple projects open with build at any given time. So whereas, if a supplier was providing terms to a contractor, they might offer them, you know, two hundred thousand dollars, but only until that project is completed. They won't allow them to take out, you know, materials on terms for 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 another project. So um, we help contractors really consolidate their purchasing needs under under build, and then this also tips the negotiating power back to the contractor because we pay their supplier cash up front. Now they can go around and shop different suppliers, make sure they're getting the best possible pricing, you know, negotiate cash discount and, uh, and so forth. Okay. Uh, does Build have any direct relationship with any of the suppliers at all, or is it all through kind of the subtrades or the GCs? Yeah, that's a great question. So we do have a partner supplier program where uh, there are regional, um, local, national distributors throughout the country who who partner with build and proactively offer our terms to their customers and as a result uh, we have preferential terms that we offer through these these suppliers okay that makes a lot of sense so i guess what's then the next step for build like where do you guys see this growing is it just you know more customers more geographic reach or kind of what's what's next 
Well, prior to build, material financing really didn't exist. So we're spending a lot of time right now educating the market. Um, and and that, that takes a lot of time, right? I mean, a lot of contractors, GCs, suppliers, they don't know that material financing is an option really to help alleviate all three parties, right? It helps the supplier, they get paid up front. It helps the sub because obviously they get access to higher credit limits and longer terms. And then the GCs ensure that the projects are actually happening on time because their subs are, are getting the materials that they need. And um, the suppliers are getting paid up front and not filing you know, a lien, for example, in 45 or, or 60 days. So there's value throughout the whole construction ecosystem, um, but it's going to take probably another year or two. To, I mean, listen, construction is a massive market. So moving the market doesn't happen overnight. So I think first and foremost, we're, we're going to continue really investing. And, and you know, I say this every day to my team, we're, we're looking forward to competition jumping in and, and just further validating what we're doing, further educating the market. It'll, it'll really be helpful for, for what we're trying to build here. And then, you know, beyond material financing, we're, we're really thinking about other ways. How do we help um, with, with uh, potentially labor financing or equipment financing or, you know, maybe pay app financings? Bottom line, we want to continue to help the commercial specialty contractor in really any way we can. Financing is always going to be our focus. But if there are ways for us to help them, for example, submit their pay apps, because we already have all of that information in our platform, because we have the, the job contract, and uh, it's very simple for them to go in and streamline to speed up you know, uh, receiving their uh, payment for their invoice, those are other things we're, we're looking at as well. Okay, fantastic. That certainly sounds like a really unique offering. And like you said, uh, hopefully more people will jump in and you get a good competitive landscape pushes all of it forward. Um, shifting gears a little bit, uh, thinking about the, the, you know, the builders listening to this and drawing a little bit on your background from Bank of America and also from what you do at Build. What do you think are some of the biggest misses um, that builders have or the biggest things they miss out on when they are going to apply for financing or try and obtain financing for their project? Um, what do you wish that your customers had more data about or brought with them um, when they go to, to do that application? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, contractors, they have a, a negative connotation as it relates to financing. Because it's just difficult to get approved with traditional banks. So depending on what your need is and what you're trying to accomplish, you should really be focusing on you know, a specific type of financing. So let's say I have a short-term need and I'm, I'm currently looking for like a one or two, three-year loan. That doesn't really make sense if I really need cash flow help over the next 90 days. So first and foremost, it's making sure that you're researching and looking for the right type of financing. Because if you're applying for the wrong type of financing, that's really not going to... You're almost worse off as, as a business because then you're not aligning the need with, with the use. Um, you know, beyond that, I, I think really what's, um, what most contractors need to focus on is just kind of getting their, their general books in order. Um, you know, these are these are 
you know, generally very skilled, you know, individuals in their craft. And, um, you know, if you aren't an expert in understanding finance, which, you know, most people aren't, go find a resource, go find someone who is to help you through this process. You don't need to do it alone. And, you know, they'll take a cursory overview and, and look at, you know, whether it's you personally, look at your, you know, your credit score, your assets, they'll look at your business, but talking to a CPA, talking to some sort of financial advisor or business consultant, and um, they'll be able to point out what the bank or what the finance company is looking for, spending a little bit more time upfront to avoiding those pitfalls once you're actually ready to apply just goes a long way. So I, I think that's honestly the the most important thing. It isn't, you know, go and make sure you have three years of tax returns, make sure you have your receipt. Yeah, that's all kind of table stakes. Um, now, I will say we don't require any of that information, but, um, you know, most, most lenders do. So just having a great resource, someone that's been through it, someone that you can lean on is, is going to help you really avoid some of the pitfalls. Perfect. Well, as I get uh, towards the end of these podcasts, I typically ask two questions. Uh, the first one's kind of fun because you get a magic wand for it. Uh, but if you had that magic wand and you could remove any one misconception about construction financing or material financing, uh, what misconception would you get rid of? I mean, obviously, I'm going to be a little biased because we just launched material financing. But financing, the word financing has a relatively bad rap with um, specialty contractors because it's just not available as as widely as uh, financing would be available to, to you know businesses within other verticals. So you know if I could change something, it would be hey, um, there there are a lot of good companies out there that will provide financing. It's just a matter of finding them, and you know they the the number of of players out there like Build are are limited, but they are out there. So um, if you're looking to grow your business, financing is a good thing. Yes, there's a cost associated with it. But as a result, you're going to be able to take on more business. You're going to be able to grow in a responsibly way. You're going to be able to sleep better because you're confident that you know you have the resources available to, to meet your goals. So it's really just kind of changing the dynamic and the way people think about financing, um, specifically to specialty contractors. Okay. That makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, last question is a personal interest question for me. I read and collect a lot of books. So if you were to recommend a book right now, personal or professional, uh, which one would it be? Well, uh, I'll tell you the book that I'm staring at right now. I'm going to give you two books, but the one I'm staring at right now is a sales acceleration formula. And it's by the SVP of sales um, at HubSpot, Mark Roberge. And I mean, this is a it's a phenomenal book. It's all data driven. So making decisions to help you grow, grow your, you know, grow your sales and grow your sales team. That's something I, I, I would highly recommend. Um, the other is just more of a long-term, you know, fa- favorite uh, shoe dog by Phil Knight is, it's just a really fun book to, to read. And it's just a great story. So I, I, uh, I, I would love to read that one again sometime. Yeah, I agree. Shoe Dog is a fantastic book. I have not uh, checked out the sales acceleration formula yet, though, so I'll definitely add that to my list. 
Uh, well, Jesse, thank you so much for your time being on the show today. For everyone listening, I'm going to put links in the description to Build. You can go and check out uh, their offerings, see what they're working on in the world, and uh, reach out to Jesse and his team and learn a little bit more about what options are available to you. And with that, uh, Jesse, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everyone listening. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to this week's episode of Better Construction. I really appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you have any questions for myself or the guest, you feel free to reach out on social media or on the website at uh, www.betterconstructionmedia.com. And with that, we'll talk again next time.